Hello everyone and welcome to today's uh, edition of the Global Student Marketing Podcast with IDP Connect. My name is Ed Kelly, I'm the Head of Client Partnerships at IDP Connect and I'm delighted that Venice Yun, Destination Director for IDP Education in China is joining us today. Venice, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Ed. Thank you for inviting me to the podcast and uh, just want to say hello to our dear clients, partners and friends. Happy to have the chance to share with you some of the China insights. Fantastic. Um, today we're looking at um, the Chinese market for the UK. Uh, China has been the biggest contributor of international students for the UK for many years now. But obviously the context is the coronavirus pandemic has had a significant impact on recruitment from the market. Uh, we've seen in our data that students are more likely to defer, cancel, switch their study destination due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And our research also highlights that students from China have considerably different concerns and priorities to students coming from other markets. Um, so today, uh, I'm really looking forward to our conversation, Venice, um, and I'm really looking forward to asking, what is the outlook for the UK? And um, how can UK universities rise to the challenge that's been presented to them? But firstly, okay. Venice, um, could you tell us a little bit more about what you're seeing in the market in terms of sentiment towards the UK? What are you seeing um, on the ground? Yeah, I think UK is among the top destinations for Chinese students, um, not only um, under pandemic, but even prior to the pandemic, it is still among the top choice. But I think after pandemic, UK is gaining its competitive advantage, um, especially for PG students. Uh, I think previously, before pandemic, students choosing UK because of the good reputation and the various of university choice and the cost effectiveness. Uh, especially the recognition uh, of a UK degree in local China job markets. Um, so that's a um, quite common understanding about UK in China. However, after pandemic, I think UK is gaining its con competitive advantage because of the policies. It's taking overtaking US leading position uh, for Chinese students, uh, become the most popular destination. And the key reasons is um, the favorable policies offered by institutions uh, like their and the flexible um, language and also their entry policies, fee refund policies, the scholarships, and also the online offline hybrid learning mode, which are explains very clearly and uh, uh, gives students the flexibility to shift from each other according to their uh, situation. And then most importantly is the open border policy. I think the offer holders, um, they are just uh, value the accessibility to one of the destinations. Um, it, they just want to keep their options in their hands. Uh, I think the policy um, offered by UK University and the government is very welcomed by Chinese students. That's uh, yeah, really interesting, Venice, thank you. Um, and I think it's really interesting to hear you talk about um, some of those drivers for the UK as a destination. Um, a little, a little, in a little bit, I want to talk to you a lot about how the UK is faring against other destinations. I think you've you've commented a little bit there already. Um, <laughs> but just coming back to the, to the students, um, could you tell me a little bit about how you think student decision making has changed? You've talked about re recognition of a UK degree that's always been a driver for the for the market overall um, 
And um, I wondered, in light of the pandemic and how the UK market has responded, how has behaviour changed uh, due to COVID in terms of student decision making? What 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 uh, changes have you observed in student behaviour in the market um, over the last uh, year? Yes, that's a very good question. So I think for a very typical decision making pattern, normally student will firstly consider about the reputation, education quality of a destination and also the choice of universities, especially their rankings. As you previously mentioned, Chinese students buying behavior differs a lot from other sourcing countries. Ranking is always their key concern. Uh, I think because um, this is just because the students, they want to have more job opportunities back in China. Not many Chinese students take a long term overseas um, career development plan uh, into their future plans, so they just want to come back to China and the recognition of their uh, foreign degree is very much valued. Um, but um, and also the post study opportunities, uh, I think um, for that part um, is also very important. However, after COVID, we do see students buying behavior change or see their decision making behavior change. More students, they tend to apply for multi destinations. Before COVID, um, we, we see students, they intend to apply for different destinations. But after COVID, uh, more and more students try to take that pattern. And the destination they choose is a little bit different than previously. Um, they are, are considering about Southeast Asia destinations like Hong Kong SAR, Macau SAR, um, and also Malaysia, Singapore, even Japan and Korea, they are taking a lot of attention uh, from the potential students. If you ask why, why students are considering Southeast Asia and also North Asia, uh, it is more because of the safety concern and because of the, uh, the location and the geographic uh, convenience. Um, I think COVID-19 just placed students into many uh, uncertainty and anxiety. The accessibility for for one destination and also the accessibility once they land in that destination and uh, come back to China, uh, I think becomes their um, key concern, uh, which drives their buying behavior when choosing destinations. That's uh, one thing that I think a lot of our clients will be really interested in is this idea of multi destination application pools for students. So students now. Um, would actually apply to multiple different destinations, whereas before students would have maybe only applied for the UK. Is, is that what you're saying, Venice? Just to, just to yes, right. Yeah. Yes, right. Uh, previously, when students apply for UK, they probably will consider about Australia, probably US, two destinations mm. at most. And now they apply to UK. UK is competing with like Singapore and US, uh, competing wow. with like Malaysia, competing with um, University of Hong Kong. So um, it's a very new pattern for the student's destination choice. It's like a new matrix. Yeah, I, I think um, it, it. one of the things that you um, mentioned there was the behavior and, and what's driving that. You, you talked about safety um, and, you, and, and I suppose a little bit must be also to do with the students wanting to de-risk their choice. So, you know, if I, if I apply to multiple different destinations, I'll be, yes. I'll be, I'll be perhaps a little bit uh, more assured that I'll be getting into an institution and starting those studies um, in a certain way and you know, being able to attend lectures and so on. I, I wondered because a lot of UK universities have, have mentioned to us that they've seen a, um, a decline in their Chinese numbers this year due to the pandemic. And I wondered um, if you expect the market to to bounce back quickly 
or whether you think for the UK it will be a gradual recovery. And I wondered how much of the changes you're seeing are fundamental behaviour shifts. Um, could you, I mean, that, that, that's the kind of overall question I suppose I'm asking for, for you, Venice. How much do you think this will be a, a quick bounce back um, or do you think this is a change that's sort of fundamental um, that will continue for years? I know just a yeah. question. <laughs> yeah, because we are also doing some um, forecasts internally um, mm. for the home market in China. I think our forecast will be um, Chinese students, they will still see UK as the most popular destination to choose. So um, it will still keep increasing. However, um, I think the growth rates probably will be um, a gradual uh, recover, um, not as fast or say rapid as previous years. And definitely can't keep a 20% um, growth rate every year because we're still yeah. facing the capacity issue. <laughs> and also Chinese students, um, they're a little bit um, concerned about the uncertainty in the very near future. So I think um, a gradual recovery will be my answer. Yeah, and I, and I think um, that's, uh, you know, what you've described there is that the drivers haven't haven't necessarily gone away. If, if I'm reading into that correctly, you know, Venice, the, the yeah. quality education that the UK offers, that's still that's still a, a, a you know, a high priority for students. Yeah. Um, but like you say, we can't expect 20% growth every single year. <laughs> yes. um, it'd be nice. It'd be nice if we if we could always expect that. Um, looking at um, some of the data that that we've been uh, considering when it comes to market trends, one of the things that's really important is the top of funnel data. So we we look yeah. at both trends from our websites, as you know, and obviously also we look at external source data such as a Baidu index, and. One of the things that um, is really interesting is the change in multi-destination. And I'd like to ask you a couple of more questions about how the UK is perceived against the other big destination markets. A couple of things that we've observed is that both the UK and the US destinations um, started to rebound and it almost felt like it co coincided with the with when infection rates were low in the UK and when the relative level of kind of restriction um, was it was 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 at its lowest point and Australia obviously throughout last year kept its borders closed which meant that I think the UK had an artificially higher share yes. of, of demand yeah uh, you know I, I, I guess the question is is this a period for the UK to take market share from other destinations or do you see there being a flattening off of demand once Australia reopens its borders and also, how does that how does that compare to the US? You know, we've got a different situation in the US with the new president, Joe Biden. What, what, what would be your answer to that in terms of understanding? <laughs> Thanks Anna, for asking that. I think it's a quite uh, comprehensive questions because uh, um, when we think about the whole volume of Chinese students who want to go overseas remains the same because, you know, um, not too many newborn babies um, like in the um, previous years. So the volume of the whole market um, will just keep slightly increasing every year. But where these students um, will go, how they will choose their destinations will be very different, um, not only domestically uh, being influenced or say affected by the domestic uh, effects or international um, just um, policies. Uh, definitely UK is taking US share uh, we are seeing many students who used to study in US for high school or undergraduates under the pandemic and under the very 
are interested in geopolitical uh, relationship between China and the US, they shift to UK. So um, that is what we see. So that's between UK and the US. UK is taking some share from the US. And uh, according to UK and Australia, uh, I think definitely UK is at a much more favorable position at the moment because um, according to some kind of um, news, uh, Australia will not um, just open their border by end of this year. Uh, and their vaccination progress in Australia seems to be a little bit slow. So we totally understand that, but the students, they can wait. They cannot wait, so they will choose another destination which they can have the accessibility uh, instead. So UK is also taking the share from Australia as well. But as you mentioned, once Australia reopened their border, once there are some more favorable policy released by the Australian government, also the universities, then the balance will be a little bit different. Um, as for um, UK versus, I think, um, other destinations, I think um, we are sharing the market with Hong Kong, Malaysia, Singapore, uh, and uh, um, that's the situation at the moment. So I, I think that uh, many um, interesting uh, influence and very important influence, including geopolitical relations and also um, the, um, the domestic job market demand, as well as the recognition from their um, local employers. Uh, interestingly, you know why UK overtake US and Australia become one of the most uh, popular destination. One of the very big uh, reason behind is that Chinese employers, they value UK degrees uh, much more higher than from other destinations, especially compared to Australia. So that's make many potential students when they choosing the destination to go, they actually are planning for their future career back in China. Mm. So that's um, another very important influence um, for the home market uh, layout. Yeah, I, I think that's really interesting. And, um, you know, thinking about the fact that actually students want that kind of badge of a UK or a US degree on their CV when they come back to the to their home market to enter into the job market. You know, that that's something that I think is really interesting for our listeners because that hasn't changed you know fundamentally that 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 part of the jigsaw hasn't changed and like you yeah. say there are lots of other things that are changing geopolitical policy and um, pandemic and lots of other things that are changing but fundamentally the quality of the degree that a uk institution offers is you know is is, is unchanged and obviously you've mentioned their ranking being such an important driver yeah. for yeah. um yeah. Uh, for students um now, um, I'm going to ask you uh, about what institutions can do. Um, so you've talked a little bit about what um, the drivers are for students, um, but I wanted to ask you, how do you feel that institutions can maximise the demand that we're seeing in market? Or, or, you know, alternatively, how could institutions tackle some of the barriers that you've mentioned to recruitment? What, you know, what would you advise an institution um, to be doing at, at this time? Yeah, I, I think um, there are many motivations um, for students to select UK. Uh, and what we can do even better is that to enhance and to um, to leverage um, their uh, advantage on reputation, education quality ranking, and also um, just to do more about the postgraduate route, the graduate route. Because uh, I know graduate probably is not designed for Chinese students, um, but um, 
definitely worth our promotion and worth more information to attract uh, future students. So um, that's my suggestions. But if uh, when we talk about the barriers, uh, we do have some students, they do look forward to have some more overseas experience. So, um, so if compared to like for Australia and Canada, UK previously is not having a, a advantage in that part, but the postgraduate working visa or say the graduate route can make up for that. It is no longer a barrier. However, I think in the markets, the voice to promote the graduate route and a PSW is very limited, um, which might result in some loss um, in this um, cohort. So if we can do, um, we can actually make effort on that together, um, then we can remove the barriers um, for this part of cohort. Yeah, that's great, Venice. Thank you. Uh, you've, you've talked a lot about rankings drivers you know the, the the main thing that students want in terms of uh post-study um, opportunities back in the home yeah. market for a lot of our clients in the uk for a lot of the universities they see that their chinese recruitment is um in a, in, a, in sort of certain subject areas and courses um and I wondered if you saw any potential trends in emerging subject areas or emerging courses um, that might help institutions who are really looking to diversify um, the types of Chinese students who are coming onto, onto campus. Yeah, I think that's a, a good question. Um, we are seeing their students um, are still choosing business, are still choosing IT and also engineering. Uh, engineering, but uh, also see many emerging demand for arts and design and also science, uh, especially for undergraduate students. Um, their uh, acceptance level for various different kind of degrees are much higher than PG students. So if we want to achieve their final goal of diversification of study areas, we could target at those undergraduate students. So for undergraduate students, just give them more information but need to be very detailed information, not the general general introduction on, on their subject, but um, the, the detailed in, down to the course, <laughs> down to each kind of the module. So um, that will attract those undergraduate students. But for PG, uh, I just want to suggest if we want to um, reach more diversified choice from Chinese students, we probably need to uh, give them more options for them to transfer their study area. You know, many Chinese students did previously, they did business in, in, in China. Their undergraduate degree in China is business related uh, or IT or education related. So if we just, um, just, just set the barrier that you have to do a business degree with a business degree, or say if you have a business degree, the only option for you is arts and business, then we'll narrow down the student's choice and so it is not not because the students do not want to diversify. It is they actually have no choice to choose other subjects. So um, here I just want to raise an example for many Australian universities. They actually offering a, um, a kind of program which can accept students from various various backgrounds, including IT, uh, arts, or even no um, design background can apply for a um, like the multimedia design degree. So this kind of um, just pattern, or say their entry requirement, flexible entry requirements, uh, help Australian University to recruit many students into the key areas they want to diversify. 
So I, I know it is not a easy way because uh, still have the uh, selection criteria, but just a, uh, a, a suggestion. So, uh, you know, what you're describing there, Venice, is uh, perhaps either either slightly more flexible kind of admissions processes for students, you know, entering into um, other programs. So you don't necessarily have to have an yeah. X degree to do Y <laughs> postgraduate degree. Um, yeah. Do you um, do you I think for the for the undergraduate students that you talked about, for those students who maybe um, would be more interested in studying, for example, arts or design courses, do, do you see that across all sets of students, ranking still remains a high driver? So, you know, do you think that arts and design students are slightly less bothered about ranking or do you think that every student has ranking as kind of one, their number one criteria? I just wondered if there was different profiles of students in the market um, at all. Uh, uh, yeah, I think that that is slightly changing and to a good way because yeah. previously um, Chinese students, they only know about the overall ranking like the mm. QS, THE, and then now they know about CUG, and now they know about the subject ranking. So yeah. um, the good thing is that the students, they have much more um, list or say the, the, the table on hand, so they can compare. Uh, as you just mentioned, for those art and design students, they are not very keen on the general ranking or say the overall ranking, because they know for some university are very good at art and design, fashion. They must be a very young university. And for a young university, it's very hard to compete with those historically um, university um, on overall ranking. So I think that kind of understanding has been spread out in China markets for those potential students, which is a good sign. They're referring to different kind of resource and uh, information to make their decision. Yeah, fantastic. Um, I'm going to ask you, the million dollar question, Venice. So uh, this is this is the thing that I think every institution will will, will be asking, um, and that is if there were three takeaways for UK universities to improve their recruitment potential in the market, what would be the three things that clients could do right now to grow and rebound recruitment numbers um, in the China region? What what would be your three top tips for UK universities? Yeah, so I, I will just um, going from three dimensions. The first dimensions is the information you provide in the market. I want to talk about the uh, that the course information. Uh, the course information students get is from um, universities uh, material like the brochures and the flyers, and they're very importantly from universities representatives, local representatives. Um, if we want to win out in the market. Um, just wing over other destinations. The depths of information provided by local university representative actually will create the competitive advantage. So um, here I just want to um, raise one example on when we talk about IT, also computing science. How deep can a local representative share the information? Um, will just determine uh, which university the students want to choose. So the students rely on the representative or say the information um, they get. So if we can go down deep into the career opportunity and what difference between my course to the other universities nearby, so that kind of information can be really, really helpful. So the first thing I just want to just summarize, I think detailed information on specific programs will be in urgent demand in China if we want to win out in the market. 
Um, the second thing I want to raise is about the um, recruitment. Um, I want to mention about UG recruitment. I know many UK universities, our very pre uh, prestigious clients, want to enlarge their UK recruitment number in China. Um, but um, the, the support that agent gets, such as IDP gets, is more for the PG side. For the UG part, we do need more support, like the uh, entry requirements for different international curriculums, like OSSD, Canadian, Canadian curriculum. If we can get a very detailed entry requirement for different kind of international curriculum, which will be very, very helpful. So um, that's for the recruitment part, how to work together to enlarge the UK, UG recruitment. The third part, uh, as I previously mentioned, I think the graduate route is one of the key advantage um, just launched uh, last year, and this year we will have the first round of students enjoy the graduate route. Um, but their voice in the market regarding the graduate routes is very small. Yeah, we haven't seen many promotions on that, not from Study UK, not from the university side. Mm -hmm. But if we bear in mind when Chinese students, their ultimate goal is to have a good career outcome back to China. The reason why they want to enjoy this graduate route is just to gain overseas working experience, which will be a very good element on their future resume. So how the university can support our Chinese students to utilize the PSW, the graduate route, will make a very big difference for UK's uh, market share um, in China. So I think um, that is really, really important. So that's the three points I want to just um, list. A lot of other things, but yeah, yeah. these three things. <laughs> I know it, there's there's so much that institutions could be doing, but I, th I think those were three really important points. I think there's a probably a misconception in the for UK universities that the post-study work and the graduate immigration route isn't as important to Chinese students. But what you're saying is actually for some students, that's a that's a really valuable option to have. So talking about it gives them that that option where you could come and work in the UK for a couple of years before you go back and kind of round out your CV. So that, I, th I think that's fascinating. Um, Venice, thank you so much for joining us today and talking about what you're seeing in the China market. Um, I found that really, really interesting. And I know our clients will as well. Um, so this has been the Global Student Marketing Podcast with IDP Connect. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple or wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, so once again, thank you, Venice Yun, Destination Director for IDP China for joining us today. I've been Ed Kelly, the Head of Client Partnerships at IDP Connect. Thank you for listening.